0: Little Fox, let us give up the search for this big moose. There are many on the other side of the range. No, Father. Let us go on. A moose so big as this one is, is but, worth going on. But see, Little Fox, even now he has led his herd up the stream to hide their tracks. We will never find his trail again.
1: Kids, don't miss this exciting adventure with Little Fox, the Sioux Indian boy. And to Todd, there is Smiling and McConnell. Yes
2: kids, You'd better come running! It's old Spider Ned and his Buster Brown gang. one kind of shoes for me, good
1: old Buster Brown.
2: <laughs> oh yes, kids! Yes. Buster Brown's on the air out here in Hollywood with Spider Ed, Squeaky the Mouse, Midnight the Cat, and Froggy the Gremlin, and we're going to start our program off right now with our story. Well, buddies, once again we go back in time to an era when our land was peopled by the Red Men for another story of Little Fox the Sioux Indian Boy. Now, the Sioux were rather a nomadic people and moved their camps about quite often, particularly as the seasons changed. So it was nothing out of the ordinary, When in the fall, Running Wolf, chief of the tribe and father of Little Fox, ordered the teepees folded and pack horses loaded for a move from the plains of the buffalo land to the rolling hills near the mountains. Here was where the Indians hunted the great moose, which once long ago roamed our country in great numbers. The new camp was quickly set up and the braves assembled in the great council.
0: People of the Sioux! People of the Sioux! Once again, we're in the country where the great moose abounds. The women of our people have come to me to say, now we need the hide of the moose to make new clothing for our men and the heavy sinews for thread to sew. The men have come to me to say, now we need the good meat of the moose, for we are tired of the meat of the buffalo, the great antlers to make many of the tools we need, to make spoons for the women. The chief is helpless with so many demands.
2: (laughs) So I have said,
0: let us go to the moose country. We have come here. I have spoken. I would speak. My son, Little Fox, would
3: speak. The young braves of our people have made wages. Each of us say, I will kill the biggest moose. I myself have made as many as three wagers, and I hope to win them by killing the biggest moose. But I think also a prize of some kind should go to him who killed the biggest.
0: I have spoken. Little
1: Fox is Wait. Hear me.
0: First I see that my son wears the new buckskin shirt just made for him by his grandmother, old Tellova. Also I hear that he has made three wagers. Little Fox is yet young, but he will learn that someday he will lose a wager. Perhaps even lose his shirt. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs>
3: A quiver full of new arrows. Ay, these arrows will shoot straight, of that I am sure. Now a new string to my bow. My
4: grandson makes warlike preparations. What scheme is in his mind?
3: Grandmother, I am determined to win the moose hunt. With strong bow, I have wagered a knife. With two feathers, a buffalo robe. And with tall eagle, I have wagered a bow.
4: Your arm is strong, your arrow straight. Perhaps you will win one of your wagers. Hey, it is not the place of a woman to tell a hunter where hides the game. Yes, I can tell you where lives one of the biggest moose ever born.
3: You can? Where, Grandmother?
4: To the east, across the
3: river. Oh, but, Grandmother, we know most of the moose feed to the west and north.
4: True. Yet when we made our new camp, I went to the place where the river is wide and shallow to gather wild berries. There I saw where a herd of moose had come to eat of the water plants. The herd was perhaps 18 in number, and among the tracks I saw the prince of the great animal. I am no hunter, my grandson, but I have lived many, many years, and I have helped to skin and dress many, many moose. This one, I tell you, is a great beast.
3: But if he is so huge, grandmother, why does he lead his cows to the east? Why not with the rest of the moose?
4: Perhaps his size and his wisdom are both great. Perhaps he knows there will be fewer bull moose who will try to take his cows from him if he stays to the east. Uh, You may
3: be right, Grandmother. We will try as you say and hunt to the east.
0: But I think, little fox, we waste our time walking along the river. There are no moose here. No moose, perhaps, but their tracks, Father. Maybe. Youth always hopes. Lead on.
3: I know that my grandmother has much wisdom. She is usually right. She saw the hoofprints of the
0: great moose. I do not believe there is a great moose so big.
3: Look, look, Father. Marks the posts in the soft bank of the river, and they are moose.
0: You are right, little fox.
3: And Father, see those tracks. They are giants. Never have I seen such moose tracks before.
0: It must be a great creature to make tracks so huge. See, little fox. They move along the river bank. Let us follow.
5: Father, the moose! He breaks cover! Shoot, little fox! I... it
3: It's too late, father. But it was the great moose. My grandmother was right.
0: Never has there been such a huge one. Such is so. Come, my son. We return to camp, and there we will prepare to follow the Great One until one of our arrows brings him down.
2: I know you're going to like this story. (laughs) You betcha. But, kids, have you and Mother been down to your Buster Brown dealers to see that swell lineup of Buster Brown shoes for going back to school yet? Well, you'd better hike down today... Or next week for sure. Yes, sirree, because you know what else old Smiling Ed told you. They've got the big new Buster Brown comic book waiting for you, too. It's free. Comic book number 28, kids. It's the funniest, most exciting comic book of them all. But, kids, uh, it's going mighty fast, and I sure don't want any of my buddies to miss out on it. So hurry and get yours. Yes, and get your Buster Brown shoes, too. You know, old Smiling Ed wants all his buddies and sweethearts to go back to school looking smart and shiny in swell new Buster Brown shoes. You know, if you want to be a real member of Smiling Ed's gang, kids, you gotta wear Buster Brown shoes. So go to your Buster Brown shoe mans today. And get your free copy of the new Buster Brown color comic book and your new Buster Brown going back to school shoes. But kids, be sure you look for the picture of the boy and his dog inside the shoe.
1: That's my dog, Ty. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too.
2: That's right. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog
1: inside
2: the shoe. Then you'll know they're genuine Buster Brown shoes. Now back to our story. Well, Little Fox made several wagers that he would kill the largest moose when the Sioux set up camp in the moose country. Hunting with his father, they found the trail of a giant moose. Not only did they find giant tracks... But finally, they were rewarded by the sight of the biggest bull moose either of them had ever seen. Of course, they made preparations to track the huge animal. and next day, they picked up the trail and persistently followed it until sundown. Then, Little Fox made a decision. See, Father, the sun sets, and we find a perfect place to camp. From
3: here, we can watch the entire shore of the lake.
0: Yes, my son. Here on this rise, we can watch for their appearance at daybreak.
2: And so, Running Wolf and Little Fox made their cold camp. For well, they could not risk lighting a fire which would have warned the wary moose of their presence. But even after they rolled into their buffalo robes, they talked of the giant moose.
0: Somehow, little fox, I have the feeling that this bull we hunt is wiser than any other moose we have ever hunted.
3: I feel so too, father. Yet I think we have done everything we could do. We have trailed the bull and his cows. We know they are somewhere in that
0: timber near the lake. Such is so, my son. Tonight, they will stay somewhere in the timber. At daybreak, they must come to the lake shores to feed and drink. What else can he do, my father? There
3: is only one way to come from the timber to the lake, and that is through that deep draw. The moose herd must come out at that draw. And when they come out, we will be waiting for them, father.
0: I see nothing, my son. Nor I. If the moose were in that draw below us, it would have long since come out, little fox. See, the sun will soon come up over the mountain. I know. Little fox, we waste our time. Uh, I
3: think you're right, father. Somehow the great moose has outwitted us.
2: So Little Fox and Running Wolf returned empty-handed. Many of the other braves brought back their moose. True, there was not an exceptionally large one, but they were moose. And old Delaware could not resist teasing Little Fox.
3: Please, Grandmother, do not make sport of me. We followed the great moose for two days. He has beaten us. Is it not enough that I lose my wagers?
4: You did not give the great moose credit for being a wise one, my grandson. But we did, Grandmother. We hunted most carefully. Aye, just as you always hunt the moose. The huge one is a wise one, for he has lived longer. Grandson, hear me. You must think as the moose thinks if you would outwit him. Think what are the enemies of the moose. Think what he fears. Then use these things against him. Then, Grandmother, you think we should take up the trail of the great bull moose again? I would start tomorrow. But remember what I have said, grandson. Think as the moose thinks. Only this way can you defeat this great wise one.
2: Well, Running Wolf was pleased to see such determination on the part of his son, for he knew that Little Fox would someday be a great hunter and a great warrior. And so when Little Fox told him he wanted to again trail the great moose running wolf agreed eagerly. From daybreak, they hunted the great moose, and late in the afternoon, they were far from camp, walking along the riverbank.
0: So, little fox, I think you must admit defeat.
2: No, father. We
3: will yet catch him.
0: But see, little fox, he has led his herd of cows into the stream to lose the trail.
3: My grandmother has said, think as the moose would think. Now I try to do that, my father. Come.
0: Come. Your grandmother is a wise one.
3: How would the moose think? Aye, aye, here is it. Father, father, look there.
0: Tracks. The herd left the river on this side.
3: Father, we have found the trail again. For see, there are the tracks of the giant moose.
0: But we still see only the tracks. (coughs) The mountain lion hunts also. Aye, your father. The mountain lion
3: hunts. That is the plan. Please, father, now let us hunt a mountain lion.
2: Running Wolf was amazed when Little Fox, who had insisted on following the moose trail so constantly, suddenly turned about and wanted to hunt a mountain lion. But as Old had told him, he was trying to think as the moose thought. And he was planning to make use of something greatly feared by the moose. And so, two arrows soon struck the mountain lion fairly and the dead cat lay at their feet. Then Little Fox explained his plan to his father.
3: You are puzzled, my father, I know. Yet hear me. If you were a moose and you knew a mountain lion was near, you would move away. Yes. Then, if we take this dead mountain lion and drag his body on the ground, each time the moose comes near, he will move away from this mountain lion scent.
0: Hey, uh, now I see your plan, little fox. You mean to use the mountain lion scent to hold the moose in one place? Yes, over to the north. Only a mile or two away is a great blind canyon. Once
3: you enter, you are trapped, unless you come out the same way. Now, if we start at one side of the canyon and drag the mountain lion's body in a great circle, ending at the other side of the canyon wall, there we have them trapped.
0: Yeah, what a plan, little fox, and surely it will work.:
3: Quickly, let us fasten a rope so we can drag the carcass of this mountain lion.
2: Yes, it was a good plan. It was a hard job dragging the heavy mountain lion in a circle across the rough, hilly ground but they had the satisfaction of seeing the moose herd with the great bull leading slowly moving to the blind canyon each time the scent of the mountain lion reached the huge bull's nostrils he turned slowly leading his cows away from what seemed to be danger slowly but surely they entered the blind canyon with the two indians following cautiously when they knew they had the moose herd trapped little fox and his father made their camp in the mouth of the canyon to prevent the escape of the great bull Next morning, they were up at dawn and carefully moving down the canyon length, searching for the moose herd.
3: We have already moved over halfway down the canyon, and we have not yet seen the moose herd. What do you think we should do, Father?
0: All along, you have been right. Lead. I will follow.
3: Then I say we continue down the canyon. Good. Father, what are those sounds?
0: Somewhere I've heard sounds
3: such as those.
0: My son, I know what the sounds are. We hear the clashing of antlers. Two bull moose are fighting. It must be so. Come, father, quickly. We must see this.
3: There, there they are. It it is the giant bull we hunted, and another bull. Watch, my son.
0: The other, I'm afraid, is no match for our great one.
3: See, see, they have locked antlers.
0: strength. See, our great bull forces the other to his knees. A
3: smaller bull has no chance. He should have run away instead of choosing to fight. Look, father. The small bull is down. He is... Oh!
0: The neck is broken. He has killed the smaller bull, but the antlers are still locked.
3: Then, father, this is why we so often find a skeleton of uh, two deer, two moose, or two elk locked in death.
0: Such is so, little fox. The great one will die, locked to the antlers of the dead bull. I am saddened, Father. The great moose has
3: shown true courage. He has shown wisdom. Here is one who deserves to live. This moose is a brave and honorable enemy. I say this great one shall live. He deserves to live. I would not strike like a coward when he does not have a chance.
0: But what of your wagers, my son? If you do not bring the moose in, you will lose your wages. Well then, Father, I will lose them. Wait, here. I leave my bow and quiver with you. But what are you going to do?
3: The antler of the moose is brittle. I will mean, break the antlers of the dead one with my tomahawk. And the great one goes free. Wait here, my father. So, great one. I am your friend. Hold, do not struggle. So, great one, you are free. Take your cows and go to freedom. I will hunt you again, but I will not kill you when you are helpless.
2: Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I knew you'd like that story. Hello,
5: hello. Well, what do you know? I have some lovely poems for your radio
2: show. Well, 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 well. If it isn't our old friend, Mr. Shortfellow the Poet. <laughs> Oh, my. My buddies and I sure enjoy hearing your poems, Mr. Shortfella. Uh, by the way, could you give us a sample?
5: Oh, yes, indeed. <clears throat> a sample.
2: There is one person whose presence fills me with fear. Promise you won't let that froggy appear. Well, that's asking a lot, but... I'll promise not to say the words that make Froggy appear unless you beg me to.
5: Never fear, never fear. I'll never beg for Froggy to appear. What a treat it will be with that gremlin not here.
2: Listen to this beautiful poem, children. Uh, Just Uh, a moment, uh, Mr. Shortfellow. Before uh, you give your poems, I want to remind the kids how to find the name of the Buster Brown dealer in their town that's featuring the big school day's jamboree. Kids, listen. Just open your phone book to the yellow pages. Then look for the heading of shoes. The name Buster Brown follows right after that, and then you see the name and address of the store nearest you that sells Buster Brown shoes. That'll be the store that's giving away the big Buster Brown comic book, too. And that's where you see all the back-to-school shoes I've been telling you about. See them all and pick the ones you like best. And be sure to look inside the shoe for that picture of Buster and Ty.
1: That's my dog, Tig. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too.
2: That's right, Buster Brown.
5: ha! Uh-huh. Now I shall read my poems to these wonderful oh, yeah. children. Uh, uh,
2: uh, not, not just yet, Mr. Shortfellow. You know, Midnight the cat. Wants to play her cigar box fiddle for us today. Midnight plays... Nice! Oh, of course it's nice, Midnight. And now Midnight has a fiddle, so go ahead, Midnight, and put it under your chin and... Play your little piece. Isn't she cute? Such a little kitty. Oh, yes, it's very nice. (laughs) Keeps time with her tail. You ought to see her on television. Mama. Oh, she's getting fancy. <laughs> Sometimes she plays a little out of tune. Pretty good for a cat, though. <laughs> oh, that was just fine, midnight, and now I'm Mr. Shortfella. You may read your poems without Froggy, because I won't say the words that make him become visible, unless you ask me to.
5: Oh, I'm so delighted, and don't
2: worry. I'll never ask you to say the words. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Mr. Shortfire. why did you say, squeaking the mouse? Oh, is that so, Squeaky? Well, for goodness sake, you don't mean uh, it. What is that mouse saying, Smiting Ed? Well, I'd, I'd rather not say, Mr. Shortfellow. Oh,
5: I'm, kidding, uh, I'm dying of curiosity. Please, please tell me what Squeaky said. Well,
2: you asked for it. If you really want to know, Squeaky said, Plunk your magic twanger frog. <laughs> hiya, Ted. Hiya, hiya. Oh, you. Double cross me. <laughs> I know, but you begged me to say the words, Mr. Shortfella. <laughs> you thought you'd get rid of me, you did. Know. Oh,
5: you little eight-inch demon, you stop sticking your tongue out. Well, uh, go ahead and read your poems,
2: Mr. Shortfella. And Froggy, now you behave. Yes. <clears throat> well,
5: children, I won't let this foolish gremlin bother me. I have nerves of steel. And an iron brain. And an iron brain. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you little imp. I'll, I'll have you know you're interrupting a man of education. I have spent years in school. I skipped grades in grammar school. Why, I went from the fourth grade... Back to the second grade. Yes, back to the second grade. <laughs> My goodness, I... No! No, I was not put back to the second grade. Why, I have a poem which tells how smart I was. It goes... <clears throat> Poets. Oh, I was brilliant when I was a boy. The smartest boy people had seen. I went in the first grade when I was three. Got out when you were 14. And I got out when I was 40. 14. No! <laughs> no, now, you, you, you stop this nonsense. You stop it right now. I, I'm going to read a poem about my early education. Oh, this is a beautiful thing, it is. It goes... My grandmother taught me many things. She taught me to sing and to dance. When I was slow in learning... She gave you a kick in the pad. She gave me a kick in the pad. It's a pad. No. no. No, that's not the right line. My grandmother was a gentle old lady. With long whiskers. Yes, that's right. She had a beard. She worked in the circus. You do not... Know. No, she did not. Oh, please stop this foolish talk, you silly gremlin. Don't pay any attention to him, children. You know what I'll do? I'll read another of my sweet verses about my childhood. Yes. (laughs) Here it is. My father tried to teach us to swim. Me and my aunt's small daughter. He wanted to teach me to swim so much... He held your head underwater. He held my head underwater. That's oh. it, what? Oh, my... Oh, dear, stop that. My, my father loved me. Oh, pay no attention to him, children. I won't let him trick me on this next poem. Here it is. Oh, this poem is a little gem. Once I caught a baby skunk, we got along just well. Then the skunk grew up and ran away. He couldn't stand your smell. Because he couldn't stand my smell. My smell. That, that isn't right. That, that, that little skunk loved me. Oh, quiet, you impudent little gremlin, you. Now, Now, children, here is a lovely poem that even he can't ruin. It, it goes... Everyone loves my poems about stars, the sun, and the rain. They think they're the best poems written by a man who hasn't a brain. By a man who hasn't a brain. Oh, oh let me away from here. Oh
1: I'm right. <laughs>
2: This short fella.
5: <laughs> well, 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 little master.
2: I am the genie of the jug. And how can I serve you? <laughs> oh, you know what that means, don't you, kid? Yes, three. It means we're going to have another adventure with little Cola and his wonderful genie of the jug next Saturday. We'll have other big doings, too. I'll tell you about them in a minute. But remember, hop, skip, run. <laughs> but get to that big school day's jamboree at your Buster Brown dealers as soon as you can. I'm telling you, buddies, that big new comic book number 28 we're giving away free is really something. Oh, you don't want to miss it. And you can't get it anywhere else except at your Buster Brown Shoe Dealers while our school day's jamboree is on. So hustle and get one of these exciting comic books. Oh, they're disappearing mighty fast. You take mother or dad with you to help you pick out your favorite back-to-school shoes, too. Oh, you'll see all kinds of Buster Brown shoes. All kinds of styles for both my buddies and my sweethearts. And if you want to be a real member of Old Smiling Ed's gang, then you wouldn't wear anything but Buster Brown's. The best-looking, most grown-up-looking shoes ever. But just remember to look inside the shoe and see that picture of the boy and his dog.
1: That's my dog, Ty. He lives in a shoe. I'm Buster Brown. Look for me in there, too.
2: That's right. Look for the picture of the boy and his dog inside the shoe. Then you'll know they're genuine Buster Brown shoes. And now, has everybody had fun around here today, huh? Ah, yeah. oh, that's wonderful, buddy. Don't forget church at Sunday School. Be listening next Saturday when you hear hi, kids. Come around. I have to
1: the Buster Brown now. I have to